Welcome back, everybody, to the Phantom Football Podcast. We're so happy to have you back with us today, joined once again by Simon Short and Roland Summers, like we do almost every week to talk football, NFL football. And we are covered up with draft stuff. We're going to have a lot about that tonight, some more war rooms, hopefully. For that, we have some news, quite a bit of news, really, some of it more uh, heavy than others. We're going to jump right into it. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles have signed a five-year, $255 million extension uh, with Jalen Hurts, the, the guarantees are somewhere in the ballpark of $180 million, so not a fully guaranteed contract, but still pretty stout. He'll he'll be around for a long time, obviously. Simon, jump in and kick us off. I mean, yeah, this is awesome. Good good for Jalen Hurts. That that's a great contract to get, you know, what is currently the highest paid contract in the NFL, essentially. Uh not essentially, it is. So great, great by him and great on the Eagles for getting this done early, being first in line is super duper helpful when it comes to contract negotiations especially for quarterbacks you've got other young quarterbacks coming off of their third season that are up next so good for the eagles to get this done before them it usually means it's the cheapest and now we don't have to worry about it philly doesn't have to worry about it they can just roll right into training camp no drama you know no muss no fuss so good good on everybody good all around Absolutely, Simon. And uh, it's astounding, his improvement from his first year in the league to now, right? I mean, he walked into the league as a backup. And now, you know, Super Bowl appearance, MVP running, uh, and now he's the richest quarterback, richest player in the NFL. You hit it right on the head. Uh, The Eagles did a great job getting ahead of the curve uh, because, you know, in four or five years, whenever teams are paying 60-plus million dollars a year to a quarterback – uh, this deal's not going to look too bad. Now the question is, what's going to be super fun to see over the next two weeks, two months, whatever it is, is this the baseline for these other guys, the Burrow, the Herbert, the, the Lamar, and that whole situation? Is this the baseline? Is everybody going to get richer than this? Or is there going to be some finagling? Could we see some of the guarantees be different, some of the no-trade clause or not no-trade clause, the years, all of that? Um, that's the part now that, you know, it's always the, the quarterback's the first domino to fall. I'm really excited to see kind of what happens next. Ronan, do you have any, any thoughts on what you're expecting for Herbert Burrow Jackson, just in relation to now that this contract is in Herbert, I don't believe should or will get paid more than, uh, Jalen. I think maybe right at, or a little bit below what Hertz is getting paid. Um, as far as Lamar, that's kind of where it gets dicey because, you know, what do you value more uh, whenever you're you know, trying to draw up a contract, an MVP or, you know, a Super Bowl appearance? So, you know, that's going to be interesting to follow. Uh, personally, I I value the MVP more because, you know, you look at that Eagles team. That was a loaded team, right? So, you know, Lamar does have that MVP under his belt. I, I think you could argue, you know, he can get paid more or around that value. Uh, but as, I, I think Burrow will be going ahead I, I think he might be eclipsing that number that hurts just hit I, I don't think Jalen's going to be the highest paid quarterback for long yeah I think somebody's going to get hit the, the incentives of this I think is also going to be really interesting I think her or hurts also has like an additional 15 million he can get in incentives so for a guy like Herbert who on the field when you just watch him you would say he's a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts, but clearly hasn't had the team success. Maybe he gets something where his average annual value is lower than Hurts, his guarantees are lower, but he has more additional incentives stacked on that based on, hey, we know I'm a really good quarterback. 
now if I can get us to where we need to go, then I can be a higher paid guy. That's the part, you know, I think there's so we've seen so much flexibility and creativity with contracts, especially as of late. Um, those are, those are all the pieces that I'm kind of looking forward to seeing. Uh, listeners will notice that, that Ron and I have gone back and forth on this. We wanted to leave as much time as Ben needed, uh, to, to feel good about this. Cause Ben definitely has thoughts on, on quarterback. So Ben, I think we used about four minutes of our basically allotted 10 minutes on, on this topic. So you have plenty of time to, to tee off on, on however, whatever you want to do tonight, or we could save it all for a future podcast. No, I, I'm not going to hit it hard. I will say congratulations to Hertz because when he came out of the draft, I was one of the people who said backup quarterback. That's it. And he has gone way, way past that. So congratulations to him. And then I will ask you, what does it mean for Lamar? Because the interesting part is Jalen Hurts didn't chase a fully guaranteed contract. Lamar is. So what does this mean for Lamar? Feel free to take it either one of you. I think it depends on what I think Lamar's going to wait. I think he's still going to wait for Herbert and Burrow. See what they do. See if either of them push for something more. If not, then I think he walks into Baltimore and says, hey, guys, you know, that whole fully guaranteed thing. Um, all right, you got me. You got me. But but all those guys, all those guys, um, I want more than that. You know, so if that ends up being 60 mil a year, 200 guaranteed, but it's five year, 280 total or something like that, it's still the biggest. But if he sees those other three guys not get guaranteed, I think it's going to be hard to make the argument to still hold out for it just because you're talking about two guys that have been to a Super Bowl in the last two years and then NFL Twitter's uh, uh, darling quarterback, Justin Herbert, also mine. I'm not bashing him. Um, I, I think if even one more, you know, I, I think if these guys don't get guaranteed, these next two up fully guaranteed, I think Lamar's going to have to, you know, kind of fall in with the market there, unfortunately. Rona? I, I agree with you. I don't see – I don't. I don't see either of those guys super pushing for a fully guaranteed deal because you look at Cincinnati and their financial situation, right? Uh, I don't think Burrow's going to be getting that fully guaranteed deal, and I think he's probably going to. You know, he's got Chase on that team who's going to be due up. He's probably going to take a, a maybe a little bit more of a friendly deal. So maybe you know, I might eat my words saying that he might eclipse Hertz, but you know, and then Herbert. Uh, Chargers have a couple of big stars on that team. They're relatively top heavy. They've already got a lot of big contracts. I I, I don't know. I, I don't think I don't think Lamar ends up with the contract or at least the fully guaranteed contract that he was looking for. Uh, but I still think he's going to be within that top, you know, echelon of quarterbacks you know, come next season. All right, fair enough. Anybody else with anything else on Hurts Jackson? We'll be talking about it more as the offseason goes along, obviously, when Burrow and, and Herbert and company start to kick in as well. The commanders have looked like they have finally agreed after a long process. Dan Snyder, who is already a very rich guy, I, I don't know how much he's spent in attorney fees and stuff, but he's making a whole bunch more now that he is selling the commanders. So it uh, looks like they're going to sell to the Josh Harris group. Uh, Roland, start with you. A big sell, big sale. Um, Dan Snyder was obviously um, – we'll say a controversial uh, item in the NFL world. So, yeah, I'm sure the owner, owners in the NFL are pretty excited that he's out of there and won't be blackmailing them, at least for the time being. Um, hopefully he's out of the headlines. Simon, I, I know you know you, you like to uh, pick fun at, at Dan Snyder. How are you feeling about it? 
Man, I'm feeling great. I'm feeling so good. I, I have so such a Washington contingent in my life, and it's just a it's a happy day for them, man. I mean, I remember being a kid, hearing stories from friends and, and, and family of friends, and you know, dads and granddad and all these people of just how horrible it was the moment Dan Snyder took ownership of the Commanders, and just uh, to to see that be over now. Uh, I always want the best for the Commanders. That's why I'm so hard on them. I'm really excited about this. I'm excited that. It's a very forward-thinking group, you know, being being majority NBA-type people. It's going to be – I think we're going to get a lot of shakeups in, in Washington, so I'm really excited for the commanders. And excited for our buddy Robertson, a uh, friend of the pod, shout out to Robertson. Um, I'm sure we're going to get lots more details and lots more analysis on this on Odds on Favorite this week, so make sure you go check that out as well. Stay tuned Wednesday morning. Um, Jeffrey Simmons, def- Titans defensive tackle, as uh, Simon, I know you follow Tennessee very closely. Um, he has signed a four-year extension, $94 million, 66 guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing going with the Titans into the offseason was, oh, are they going to blow the whole thing up? What are they going to do? Uh, I was like, they're not going to blow anything up. If anything, they're going to go full tilt and and add more and, and do a bunch of stuff. And they're doing this like weird straddling both ends of the line right there uh, and not literally offensive defense line those are just bad for the most part but jeffrey simmons is great so really good for them to lock him up a young impact player um uh and you know it still remains to be seen on what the heck they're trying to do this year but they got a good player uh and good for simmons to also get that contract rona yeah, Simmons is just an eater. He's just he's a menace in the middle of the interior defensive line. Uh, so the Titans got themselves clearly a good one because he, now he's making ninety four million dollars with sixty six million guaranteed. It's hard to hate on that, Ben. Yeah, I'm gonna hate on him anyway. So <laughs> that's what I do. Now let there me he is. Yeah, here I am. So I I really don't want to pay over twenty a year to a defensive tackle. I really don't, especially when their last name isn't Donald. Okay. But I do like what the Titans have done here in giving money to a guy who has performed for four seasons. He didn't just have a career fourth year. Like we see out of a lot of potential free agents and teams are now kind of in a a dilemma. Do we hand them money or not? No, he's been good for four seasons. And that's the kind of guy you want to hand big contracts to a guy who's been pretty healthy, who has continued to get better and has performed even in his rookie season looked pretty good. That's the kind of guys you want to give money to because there's a lot less doubt about, okay, what happens in year five? There's a lot less doubt. Do they revert back to something we saw in year two and three? Don't think we're going to see that with Simmons. He might even get better. Okay, so uh, I, I, I like that uh, that side of it. Buda Baker uh, apparently is requesting a trade. So Rolling, kick us off on this. Yeah, phenomenal safety, still fairly young. He's not 30 yet, I believe 28. 27. 27 yeah, mm-hmm. yeah young safety still uh or at least younger uh it's kind of a weird situation right the cardinals they're in this weird limbo where their starting quarterback isn't going to be at the, there at the beginning of the season next year they're kind of just playing for 2024 right yeah that's the year that they're playing for um new head coach defensive head coach you know I, they're trading away deandre hopkins probably I understand why Buda Baker wants out, right? J.J. Watt's out of there. Byron Murphy is out of there. There's not a whole lot of talent on that defensive side of the football anymore in Arizona. So, you know, will Arizona move him potentially? Because they already are pretty much gutting everything else. Um, but 
man, whenever Kyler gets back, he's just going to walk in there and just not know anybody. Simon? Yeah, it'll be... I'm always confused about what kind of player Buda Baker is. Um, there, there are years he plays more free safety. There are years he plays more of a box safety type. Those guys don't generally get the big contracts or, or the high value. Um, you know, I, I'm looking through his page again. He has two all pros, which look nice. One of them was as a special teamer, as a rookie. The other all pro was in 2020, right? Where he had the big interception. That's famous for just watching DK Metcalf run him down. But if he didn't have a 90 yard interception return, which was the longest uh, interception return of the season, does he get, does he get that all pro? I'm not trying to hate on it. I'm just saying like, what what is he? Who is he? Can he be that Minka Fitzpatrick, Justin Simmons, Kevin Byard get you a big interception seasons as a free safety? Can he be that Derwin James can play in the box, can play free safety, and can play nickel corner, can play linebacker? You know, can he be really that master chess piece? I don't know what his real role, so I just don't know what his value is. You know, he has two years left on his contract. He's already the seventh highest paid safety in the NFL. I just don't know who's going to give up a. a second or third couple third round picks to pay him more than he's getting paid as he gets closer to 30 and hasn't been a top top elite guy in one role just yet i just don't i don't know where that's going to fall it'll be interesting to see all right we have a lot of draft work to get to anybody want to hit any more news before we get on onto our draft stuff all right uh tonight we're going to try to hit uh, as many teams as we can in our draft war rooms. The top of the list is the AFC West. The top of the AFC West is, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs. Ronan is their new general manager. Uh, Brett Beach is long gone. Ronan, take it away. Yes, sir. This is the Ronan Summers dynasty that we're living in, gentlemen, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. No, no, thank you. Thank you. So the Chiefs, right, we just won the Super Bowl. We don't need really anything. I mean – we could obviously improve different places, but we're in a pretty good spot. We got Patrick Mahomes. We're feeling all right. Um, with that being said, if we were to improve, uh, wide receiver, defensive back, primarily cornerback, uh, edge, and maybe an offensive tackle are all spots that we'd like to upgrade at. So I'm just cover the first three picks of the draft uh, and then just kind of hit on you know, maybe positions of need. Uh, so they're at 31. I'd like to go defensive back, and that's where an Emmanuel Forbes, a Cam Smith, a Keely Ringo might fit in. Uh, I'm not loving my cornerback situation going into this season, uh, walking in there with Jalen Watson, uh, Legereus Sneed, who, who has been relatively good uh, over his time there. Uh, shoot, who else do we even have here? Nazib Johnson. Uh, we could use a corner, right? So – I'd like to go corner there at 31. Now there is 63. That's our next pick. I'd like to go wide receiver. Uh, I really like this wide receiver class. We've talked about it numerous times as we've done this uh, series. Tony, he struggles to stay healthy. Sky Moore seems to be a gadget piece. And Marquez Valdez-Scantling is only signed through 2024. So we don't have that you know, long-term answer at wide receiver. We might not find it here at 63, but I'd like to roll the dice, maybe take a guy like Rashi Rice, uh, who's my favorite value wide receiver this year, kind of outside of that first round talent. Uh, so I'd like, love to go Rashi Rice. If he's not there, a guy like Cedric Tillman, 
Uh, Nathaniel Dell, even though we don't necessarily need another small guy for speed, uh, wide receivers where I'd like to go there at 63. Uh, between 95 and 122, those are our next two picks. Uh, in whichever order, just kind of depends on how the board falls. I'd like to get depth at offensive line, right? We've got uh, Niang, who I'd like to run at right tackle this year. I at least give him the the chance to earn the starting spot, maybe draft a young guy and have him compete for that right tackle position uh, somewhere between 95 and 122. Uh, and then I'd also like to get an edge rusher between one of those two picks. And then to round out the draft, I'd like to add another defensive lineman, maybe another outside linebacker. Uh, and then I'd like to double up on defensive back as well. And that's my draft plan for the reigning defending Super Bowl champions. And Ben, I'll go ahead and kick it to you. Yeah, I, if you could put this year's draft aside, um, you've kind of already answered this a little bit, but if you could just, in a vacuum, only looking at your roster, what do you feel like is the weakest part right now? Because it's a good roster. It's a little hard to improve. If I could just completely put away the draft prospects for a minute, just looking at the roster, what's the one spot you're like, I really hope I can improve this this year? I don't know if it's the position that I'd really like to improve this year, but I think the biggest question mark is that right tackle position just because we aren't 100% sure on what Lucas Nying will be. Um, so that that kind of answers the question. Aside from that, uh, like I said, corner is a position that I'd definitely like to improve on. Uh, just because we are in a loaded AFC that loves to pass the ball around. And uh, we've got to have guys to keep up. Ronan, you have a lot of focus on cornerback here. Now now it is a deep cornerback class. I feel like we could address it for sure. But I got to say, the, the low investment corners that we used last year really had a surprisingly good season, especially in the postseason. In the playoffs, we had a uh, the seventh-ranked pass DVOA um last season with Trent McDuffie, Justin Reed, Jarius Sneed, Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams, Brian Cook. I mean, the list goes on and on. We had so little invest in this position and it would allow us to do more with pass rush with the offensive line. Um why are you or or from a team building philosophy standpoint, can you talk to me about why we want to go from Last year, these lower investments, and, and you know, Trent McDuffie was a first round pick, but for the most part, especially on the outside, lower investment DBs, and we win the Super Bowl. And then, then this year, we'll turn around and, and go higher investment DB. Well, Simon, truthfully, I, I understand that, and that is a very good point, but I don't want to roll the dice on. Oh, these guys that, you know, we didn't expect a whole lot from ended up panning out, right? Because it's the NFL, it's defensive back, right? It's the toughest position, maybe aside from quarterback, you know, to play. It's a year-by-year basis. You'll see star cornerbacks go out there one season, have an all-pro season, and then the next just kind of fizzle out, right? Um, I'm just overall not super impressed. Uh, with the cornerback room, even with the addition of Trent McDuffie. Uh, McDuffie and Legereus Sneed are you know, great to have, uh, and they're not bad corners by any means, but just adding another one uh, to me would be very beneficial. And then it also comes down to just kind of how the board will look around 31. I mean, obviously a, a premier pass rusher, right, would be would be a great add, 
but I just don't know who will be there at 31 that we can really bank on to, you know, solidify our defensive line rotation. Uh, now, obviously, if like a Nolan Smith falls to 31, we're eating that up. Uh, you know, maybe like a Lucas Van Ness, who I, I don't see falling that far either. But aside from those two, right, you have the guy, the kid from Northwestern. I say kid like I'm not his age. Um, it, there, there are a couple edge rushers that are there, you know, probably going to be there around the end of the first round, early second, that could be helpful. But I like this corner class. Uh, I think, you know, adding a veteran presence in there, like a Ringo, uh, just having camps, a guy like Camp Smith. I don't know. Personally, I'm going corner. Um, but, hey, to each their own, right? Each their own. I, I really like that answer until you age shamed me and Ben there by saying you were the same age as these guys and me and Ben. Well, I said kid. Like some old farts. Yeah. Well, whatever. Uh, I hear. Right. I hear all the all the talking heads on the you know networks saying kids. So you know, just adopted the lingo. But you know, enough. Enough. Of they're in the Chiefs. You have the easiest job. We get it. You, your team won the Super Bowl. You don't. You don't really have to do anything. You could trade all these picks for a sandwich and you'll be fine. Um. Let's move on to the Chargers here. Uh, I'm I'm hungry. I shouldn't have said that. I have the Chargers. We have our basically our seven picks, just our, our regular picks. So we're going to hit these. Um, round one, I need a big play threat at wide receiver deep down the field. There, there's a lot of interesting wide receiver and tight end prospects. I specifically need a burner, somebody that Justin Herbert can just a three-step drop for doing this classic under center offense or just kind of a hitch and, and, and chuck that ball deep to somebody who's going to run under it. And that guy I won in the first round is Zay flowers at, at pick 21. If he's there, I'm taking him. Um, if he slips a little bit and I feel like I need to move up for him, I will. That said, if we can't get him, if, if he's gone too early or we can't make a trade for him, I want to trade back because the next guy that I think that, that we really need is Jalen Hyatt. I like Jalen Hyatt. He's fine. I have a second round grade on him. I don't want to spend a first round pick, especially not at 21. I would rather trade back. Can I get even something on day three? Um, or can I trade all the way to, to maybe 30, 31, 32 and get something a little bit more? Because I would much rather take Hyatt there. But those are the two guys I'm targeting with our first pick. We need a deep play threat. Round two, I need a plugger for this run defense, which is still just in shambles. Um and that means at 54, I'm looking at a Keanu Benton or a Siaka Ika. Would I maybe like a guy with a little bit more juice that, I, that I'm spending in the second round? Yeah, but again, I need to find guys to fill specific roles uh, for the team this season, especially these minimized roles, right? A nose tackle, a deep play threat wide receiver. I don't need someone to come in and be wide receiver one or give me eight sacks as a rookie. I need these very specific, very controllable roles that a rookie can thrive in right away. I'm limiting. I'm working with limited financial capabilities this offseason, um, so I need guys that can come in and make an impact. That means smaller roles. Uh, rounds three and four, I'm looking to add to my linebacker and DB rooms at, at picks 85 and 125. No real particular order, um, but both team or both groups just need a young infusion of talent at them. Um, the, again, doesn't matter where, just matters who's on the board, who we like best at those fits. Uh, those last three picks late in day three, five, six, and seven. Um, if I don't need to use any of these picks to move up in that first or second round to get one of the guys I really want, uh, I'm looking to add some offensive linemen here. 
could be a tackle, could be a center for the future, could be another defensive lineman. Uh, and you know me, it might even be three offensive linemen. Uh, we we let Matt Filer go. Our starting lineup is pretty set um, with uh, Zion Johnson, Rayshon Slater, Corey Lindsley, Jamari Sawyer, and then Trey Pipkins. But there's no depth behind him. We saw all the injuries we had last year. So we would definitely love to add some depth and some youth to that group um, there at the end of day three. So that's my plan for the Chargers. Uh, deep play threat. Very specific players, nose tackle, run plugger, very specific players, and then just depth uh, after that. So, Ronan, what do you got for me? Yeah, so we have this guy already on the roster, actually, named Austin Eckler. And he's a he's a touchdown machine, right? And he's reportedly wanted out. Uh, let's say he does leave, right? Or we do move him. Um, there are multiple teams who would heavily rely on Austin Eckler, much more than we have, uh, especially in the run game, right? We've kind of almost avoided using him in the run game to some extent. If we were to move him, are we valuing running back whatsoever uh, in this draft? Or, and if we are, you know, where are we looking to grab one at? Yeah, well, we haven't had success finding a, a complimentary back to Eckler since the, the first year, maybe two with Melvin Gordon. Um, so if we were to move on from Eckler, then yeah, it would become a, a pretty big priority there on, on day one or day two. Could be that third round pick um, that we're using for depth there. But a deep play wide receiver and, and a run plugging nose tackle are definitely the, still the top priorities. So it'd be most likely day two, most likely that third round pick. But at the end of the day, I'm looking to add to Eckler, make his life a little bit easier. I don't think anyone's going to pay him the money he's looking for anyways. I think we're going to end up valuing him more. So I think we're going to get a deal done with Eckler. But but I'd, I'd look for that third round to be a sweet spot if we had to do something there. This may or may not be a draft question, and you may or may not be able to fix it in the draft. But we know we have a good roster, and we know we want to win a Super Bowl. Out of the things that we still haven't yet fixed, what's keeping us from winning a Super Bowl this year? It's really been the this old school offense that we've been running. These run on uh, passing down situations, these really simple and, and uh, really easy to read offensive play structures, um, and not letting Justin Herbert really let loose with, with everything he's able to do. With Kellen Moore coming in to be the offensive coordinator, jazz things up a little bit on the play calling side. If I can get a deep threat wide receiver that can take the top off and not only give Herbert someone to throw to with that cannon, but hey, also make Mike Williams and Keenan Allen's lives easier as they get older. Um, unlocking this offense and finally getting it to where it should be with our level of quarterback play is going to be the, the first and the big step to taking us to where we need to go from a Super Bowl contention standpoint. All right, fair enough. Anybody else with anything on this team really fast? Let's move on then. I've got the Denver Broncos. I'll be general manager for a night for the Broncos. Just trying to get them into the playoffs first, but we do have Super Bowl holds with Sean Payton coming in for sure and with Russell Wilson sitting there at quarterback. Let's not deceive ourselves. Uh, the draft picks first. They don't have a first or a second. They have number 67, 68. I think that falls outside the second, right? I, I've, yeah, I've quit thirds. looking at Yeah, I've quit looking at rounds. I've been looking at numbers. So, yeah, 67, 68. Then they have 108, 139, 195. That's it. Five draft picks. Fairly decent, but not uh, not high end. 
and not seventh round. Um, here's what we're looking to do. We have a pretty good roster. I don't know that we're going to make a whole lot of immediate impact dents with this roster. Um, we hope we can, but picking at 67, 68, there's no guarantees that they're going to step right in and earn a starting job. There's just not. They may get 300 snaps, and that might be it. But at 67, 68, we want to start with the defensive line. That's really, I think, our biggest need. We'd love to get somebody on the edge. We're not going to get a sack master out there. We know it. Not at 67, 68. But I'd love to get somebody who's athletic, fast, and strong. Mix them into the rotation this year. Hopefully they grow. I'd love to bring in a defensive tackle who's a run stopper. We got two or three guys we can pick from, both at 67, 68, and at 108 as well. So I'd love to bring in just a really good run stopper. They're a one-trick pony. That's all they do. That's all I need. We've got guys we can rotate on the defensive line. We're not bereft of defensive line talent. It's just there's nothing stand out there. So we want to bring that in. One thing that's going to be tempting for us is the wide receivers sitting there at 67 and 68. We like several guys there. It's not a need, but we're going to end up drafting something that's not a need. So why not pick up a wide receiver there who we like instead of waiting until the fifth round and drafting something that's also not a need and not impactful. So uh, we may have a hard time passing up wide receivers at 67, 68. That's speed guys and big guys. Um, late picks, we're looking for sure at safety. We would love to pick up an athletic safety who can hit. Again, just a rotational guy. I doubt they're going to win a starting spot, but I'd love to bring some guys in. we got our eyes on a couple of guys. And then for sure, we're going to pull in an interior offensive lineman at some point. we got guys all up and down the draft board we can look for here. We'll bring somebody in there as well. Ronan, you first. Yeah, uh, so, Ben, we've got Javante Williams coming uh, off of an injury, right? And uh, we did bring in Samaje P. Ryan uh, to potentially be our starting running back come week one. Uh, is running back uh, – we don't have a ton of picks – is running back somewhere where we're looking to uh, pick up on, you know, maybe day two, day three, well, probably like day three? See, this is the hard part for me. If I had eight picks, yes. <laughs> I'd pick one up. I got several running backs I love in this draft. I mean, who I think can make it. But the, the Broncos have been able to run the football for 30 years. That has not been an issue for them. No matter who's lined up for running back, they, they just, as a franchise, know how to do it. And you mentioned we, we brought P. Ryan in. So, I think P. Ryan will suffice until Williams is healthy. Plus, we only got five picks. So, I, unless it just falls perfect and there's nobody else we like and that running back we like is sitting there, that's that's going to be it. So, that leads me perfectly to my question. Great job by everybody. Um, you mentioned the five picks. You mentioned we're not getting a, a walk-in starter with, with one of those picks, 67 or 68. Is there a guy, you know, your the plan is defensive line, maybe a wide receiver. Is there a guy in that in, in any of those rooms that you can get at 67 and or 68 that you're really confident can provide value to this team, whether that is some sort of rotational role now or because, yeah, we don't have a lot of draft or financial capital for the next couple of years that can turn into a starter? Are you confident that that guy is there in the low 60s or – do we look at trading out of one of those picks, trading back, and yeah, maybe get us to seven or eight picks by trading from three to 
from trading from 68 to in the hundreds, picking up an extra fifth rounder in the process or an extra sixth or seventh rounder in the process. Um, basically, I want to make sure if we're going to keep those picks in the 60s, we feel like there's going to be value in that. Okay, so first of all, there's lots of guys I like at 67 and 68, but they're not at the spots I need. <laughs> so so if it's a wide receiver, yes. I think they can start day one conceivably and for sure start next year if we let a, a guy go who's costing us some money. Absolutely. Um, we're very tempted to do that. You move over to the defensive line, it's rotational guys. So Moro Ojomo, guy from Texas, big-time run stopper, but that's it. 400 snaps a year. 500 snaps, that's it. You can't use them on passing downs. But we're happy. We got a rotation like the 49ers got. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm 100% happy with that. I don't want to trade back. I feel like I'm starting to dilute my talent base when I do that. Um, if if I had first and second rounders, then I would be happy to trade back and up the picks. But since 65 and 67 is my highest, or 67, 68, I, I don't want to go any lower than that. So anything else on the Broncos? All right, that's it for the night. Let's move on to the Raiders, who I also happen to have. The Raiders could use a lot of a lot of things, okay? So they could use offensive line. Um, they could use every level of defense. The offensive line has been a struggle for a while. Um, age, injuries, inconsistency, you name it. Um, we've drafted some guys trying to help. Some of them have worked out. Some of them haven't. Defensive back has been devastating for years. For whatever reason, just like the Eagles and the Ravens struggle at wide receiver, so the Raiders struggle at defensive back. It's not that we haven't brought in talent. We have, but we have either failed to identify the right talent or we failed to develop it, one or the other. it's It's been rough back there. So we could use defensive backs all up and down. And then also we could use um, – we could use linebacker. <laughs> we could use defensive line. We got an edge rusher. Okay, Bax Crosby's pretty good at edge rusher. And yet we've got one of the worst, worst defenses in football. Not the worst, but one of the worst. Okay, so for, one problem you have for the Raiders is they're in win-now mode with the head coach and with Jim Garoppolo quarterback. They're looking to win right now. They were looking to win last year. We didn't do it. Problem is, when you look at the roster, certainly the defense – it's not a win-now defense in the AFC. And then I turn over to the offense, and, well, we're a very competitive offense, but there's a lot of competitive offenses in the AFC. So guess what? At the moment, we're sitting like eighth or ninth in the AFC, and I don't know that one draft is going to fix all of that. Okay, so one thing I am looking to do, and I don't even know that this is a super need, but we're, gonna, we're not going to turn down a wide receiver if we like a guy. We've got so many picks. We have so many picks. If we can pull a wide receiver in, we'll do it. Offensive line is where we really think we need to focus because even if we start putting in two or three, let's say we take our top three picks and throw them at the defense. The defense isn't going to be a whole lot better next year. Those guys are going to take a long time to grow. So we would really love to hit the offensive line. We've got a couple of guys that we like there on offensive line. I would love to hit that. Peter Skaronsky right there. Um, we're going to be looking hard at him. Um, maybe Darnell Wright later if he falls. Don't know if that's going to happen, but we'd be looking at him. Um, we would like to really upgrade the offensive line for sure because that's immediate impact. Those are guys we can plug in right away to our better half of the ball. But defense is so terrible, man. <laughs> we're we're going to be drafting defensive backs, and we're going to be drafting defensive linemen, and we're going to pick up at least one linebacker. All right, so that's very messy, but that's a generic game plan for the Raiders. Uh, Ronan, you first. Yeah, so, Ben, are we – 
let's say they're at seven. Are, are we considering a quarterback for the future at all? I know you know you just said we're we're in win now mode, but let's say that a an Anthony Richardson drops to seven, or we did a scouting, or our scouts love Will Levis. Is that something that that we're considering, or are we all in win now? You know, whatever helps this team, you know, right this second. Me personally, I'm not. I'm just not. I'm not going to consider it. Now, all the mock drafts and all the media say yes. Um, I'm really not buying it. I think if they were going to do it, I don't think they would have signed Jimmy Garoppolo. I know it's basically structured as a one-year deal that can play out as three. But listen, the Raiders are ready to win right now. They're not playing for three years from now or two years from now. So I, I don't think they're going to, and I certainly wouldn't myself. Now, I'm all for going to the offensive line, right? I I have no qualms with that at all. I, I love it. It's a huge hole for this team, especially on the right side. Um, we definitely need to do it. That said, even if you pull in a Skaronsky and stick him at right tackle and piecemeal the right guard position, and now you have an actual decent offensive line, what what's the optimal scenario for really making this offense one that can compete with these other teams in the AFC and, and shoot just the teams in this division. You know, we have the chiefs, we have Justin Herbert and the chargers. Um, and then the rest of the AFC, we have the Bengals, potentially the Ravens and the bills. Is it just, Hey, if we just fix the the right side of this offensive line, we, we can start to compete with those teams or is it more of a, or can we, is there something else we can do if we're in compete and win now mode, we're not going to go quarterback. What else needs to happen to put us at that level? <laughs> the bad news is you can't do it in one offseason. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know me. I'm not going to sugarcoat this little piggy, all right? <laughs> you can't do this in one offseason. It's not going to happen. Now, that's not what we're going to tell our fans, okay? We're going to tell our fans that if we plug in one offensive lineman and one talented wide receiver, probably a big one, all right, probably a big off- a wide receiver from the second or third round, if we do those two things – in addition to having some decent offensive linemen and Devontae Adams at wide receiver and decent tight ends and a pretty decent quarterback, we think we've got a pretty well-structured offense. And then defense is not going to be pretty. You can't fix it on one offseason. You just can't. So that's, for me, that's where it kind of stops and starts at. Okay. Uh, we are moving on to a different division now. Simon has the Houston Texans. Take it away. All right, finally, the ever-promised AFC South. We are here. So Houston Texans, round one. We have the second overall pick. I know the smokescreen is out there that we might not go quarterback. We're going quarterback with the second overall pick. We we talked to Carolina about moving up to one. We're not, we're not worried about that because Ronan Summers, GM of the Carolina Panthers, just a, a couple weeks ago here, spilled the beans, and he's going Bryce Young with the first overall pick. So we know that, so we can make our plan from there. Um which means we're going C.J. Stroud. We love C.J. Stroud. He's the number one quarterback on our board. Spoiler alert, if Ronan was messing with us to try and trade back by a pick and he takes C.J. Stroud, we're taking Anthony Richardson, baby. We're going for it. Um, I'll move on from that, though. You guys can ask me questions about that later if you care. Robertson, at me. I don't care. Anyways, um, that's round one. We're going C.J. Stroud. We're going Anthony Richardson at, at two overall if, there, if there's a, a, a mishap. Um, at pick 12, 
we are liking the defensive line or we're liking a wide receiver to go along with that, that rookie quarterback. We have a lot of holes on defense, but we started putting it together last draft with Derek Stingley um, and Jalen Petrie. We're getting there. We're getting there, but we need to continue to add pieces, especially pass rusher. So guys we're looking at at 12 on the defensive line, Nolan Smith, Lucas Van Ness. Um, we're seeing if we can get a little pass rush juice going there. If those guys are gone, Somehow by 12, uh, we're looking at JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba, a wide receiver to, to pair with our quarterback. Um, round two, I'm looking at whatever I don't take at 12. So if I take defensive line, I'm going receiver. If I take receiver, I'm going defensive line. I think there are plenty of options at both with that second round draft pick. Um, we get into round three. Then I'm looking to add a linebacker to that mix. So hopefully by now I've taken... My, my wide receiver, my defensive lineman, I could focus on adding a linebacker here. If I still need an edge or a wide receiver because the board fell into a weird way, um, I'll take that position there instead. Uh, from there, round four, hopefully by now, I, I have five picks. Oh, there's a second round three pick I forgot to mention, by the way, uh, and I'm going cornerback there. Uh, I like the cornerbacks that are there kind of in that third round. Not a starter's day one, but guys that can develop, guys that can play some special teams, guys that can play some sub packages. Um, so that pick at 73 there, that's where I'm kind of looking um, for for maybe a corner. Getting into day three on round four specifically, pick 104. This is where I'm looking at a center of the future. I like having a veteran center. Uh, so Questenberry, who we re-signed, I'm glad he's going to be there for my rookie quarterback. But I need a guy that I would like to start by the 2024-25 season. Um, so I'm looking for somebody there at 104. Uh, the rest of my day three picks, I'm just looking at depth. O-line, wide receiver, tight end, defensive line, everywhere else I'm just looking for depth. That's uh, one, two, three, four, five, six late day three picks. I'm just looking to add pieces. So basically quarterback at two overall wide receiver or edge rusher at 12, wide receiver or edge rusher at 33, uh, pick 65 there in the third round, looking at linebackers, pick 73, looking at corner, 104, looking at a center, and those last five, six, late day three picks, I'm just looking for depth anywhere. Um, ben, let me kick it to you first. What do you think? No, the game plan is great. Just a quick question when it comes to the quarterback. The Houston Texans have had a long-standing history of either being unable to develop their young quarterback or being unable to protect their young quarterback. Um, I don't doubt that you guys can build a great defense. I really don't. Um, I, I hesitate a little bit. Can you both develop and protect this quarterback? How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. De developing and, and having a real quarterback is how you win a Super Bowl now. So, you know, if we have Bobby Slownick, who we brought over from San Francisco with this coaching staff, um, we feel that he can absolutely put a passing game together that works. We need, we need to build out that wide receiver room still, but we like some of the pieces that are already there. Offensive line, we have all the key pieces to it kind of to start. We have Laramie Tunsil, an all-pro left tackle. We have Titus Howard, who's a very underrated right tackle, who, by the way, can also move around and play guard. Um, Kenyon Green, first-round pick from last year that we still feel very good about. And we just traded for Shaq Mason, who is a better plug-and-play right guard than we had last season. He's a veteran. He's a good run blocker. Um, we know he's going to be an above-average offensive lineman. 
Scott Quisenberry is that kind of one downgrade I would have. But again, that's why we're taking the center at 104. Maybe that rookie's going to already be better. But I like Scott in the middle there with all those other guys. I think this offensive line is basically already set, ready to plug in a quarterback behind him. Uh, so, Simon, huh, I, I'll go ahead and ask you. Sorry, I had to go ahead and just jump in because uh, you said something that really, really made my eyebrow raise. So, let, let me get this straight. C.J. Stroud goes one. We're we're going Anthony Richardson. Okay. Uh, part A, why? And part B is our offensive line – the state of our offensive line, does that have anything to do with the decision? The offensive line, no, because you can you can make you can make a case for either quarterback, Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson, for either offensive line situation. You could say, Hey, I have a good offensive line, so he's gonna keep Bryce Young healthy. I have a good offensive line, so he's gonna give Anthony Richardson enough time to diagnose the field and make plays. I have a bad offensive line, so I need Bryce Young for his quick processing. I have a bad offensive line, so I'm going to go Anthony Richardson because of his size and athleticism. You can you can you know go both ways with either quarterback in either sense of the offensive line. So it's not about that. It's about I need to stake, especially if I'm the GM, right? If I'm Nick Casario, this might be my last shot to to draft a quarterback and save my job. If I'm going to hitch my wagon to a quarterback here. And I have to pick between one who maybe needs a little bit more development. But by the way, just a side note, as we get closer to the draft, not only are, are the scouts, right, what, what they're feeding the media people, saying that Anthony Richardson is a little closer than we thought a month ago, the film guys who I really trust in terms of reading, right, the, the, the real good film guys on Twitter feel a lot better about Richardson than we did a month ago, just saying that. But... Who am I going to hitch my wagon to? The complete outlier from a physicality standpoint on the down end for his size, a complete outlier, like zero percentile, which is not a thing, for size at quarterback drafted in the first round, who plays like a gunslinger, likes to move around and make plays that I need running around back there with 300-pound linemen around him. Am I going to hitch my wagon to him for five years or the guy that, yeah, maybe needs a little bit of development, but is an athletic outlier on the complete other end of the spectrum for being one of the biggest and fastest and most athletic guys that we have seen in this draft. I think that and what we've seen from Jalen Hurts, who we talked about at the top, gives you a much higher floor than we are used to talking about because, yeah, you need some development, but I can put together an elite run package for this guy first and that can be my go-to if I need to whereas my floor my basement for Bryce Young is he's hurt every year and we never make the playoffs and now I have to find a new quarterback or pay him a bunch of money to be hurt every year again those are the basements so yes all those reasons um, mainly stemming from being worried about Bryce Young's health long term I'm hitching my wagon to Anthony Richardson I believe that leads us to our next team, yeah, uh, which I have, and that will be the Jacksonville Jaguars, who surprised a lot of people this season. Trevor Lawrence had a huge turnaround, uh, and, you know, 
losing Urban Meyer was definitely a blessing. Not really losing, kicking him out. Uh, that wasn't really a loss. Um, but Jacksonville it made it to the playoffs, made some noise, got a playoff win. And now we're sitting in a pretty good spot. Our first pick is at 24 overall. And I've got I've got one guy in particular in mind. And if he's off of the board, then whoever the best uh, at a certain position, I, the, the one guy I'm looking for is Brian Bridge. Um, our pass rush is already pretty much there. Uh, you know, obviously we could add, you know, bodies to the rotation, make it better. Uh, but secondary is definitely where we're needing. And a guy like Brian Branch, who can do a little bit of everything, is right up our alley. Uh, we fumbled our chance with Jalen Ramsey, uh, tr- had to trade him away for various reasons. And now, if we can get this potential all-pro talent at a defensive back, I'm jumping all over. He can do a little bit of everything. We need everything uh, whenever it comes to that secondary. Um, now moving on to 56, I'd like to put, well, actually, no, let me backtrack a little bit because if Brian Branch is gone, I'd like to go offensive tackle. Um, we lost Juwan Taylor. We need to fill, uh, that void. Walker Little can step up, but you know, if there's a guy that we like a lot more there at 24, uh, Broderick Jones, Darnell Wright and Anton Harrison, uh, we'll go ahead and go with one. So they're at 56. That's where I'm more comfortable taking edge rusher. Um, It's not necessarily a position of need, but we are very strong there. And if we can really solidify that and get after the quarterback just mercilessly, um, I'm all in. Uh, We we spent the first round pick on Walker last year. We've got Josh Allen. Uh, We're content with what we have, but we're always okay with more. Then there at 88, I'd like to get a corner uh, just to kind of double up on secondary, to be honest with you. Uh, It's not a very strong room. Uh, I believe, let's see, we did get rid of, uh, I I can't think of his name for the life of me, his brother, or was he in? Jack Griffin. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Griffin. Uh, So so, (laughs) corner is definitely a position of need. Um, and just to kind of round out, I would like to add potentially an off another offensive lineman. I'd like to add another skill guy in there. Uh, th- this is a deep tight end class. Um, you know, if we can maybe bring in another one to pair up with Evan Ingram, maybe someone who can block a little bit more and let Ingram kind of play that slot tight end role, uh, that would be a route I'd consider. Not a super in-depth dive on the uh, on the Jaguars, but Man, if we can get Brian Branch there at 24, I'm all over it. Ben, I'll go ahead and kick it to you. This is a fun question and, and a little, I don't know how else to, to phrase it, but a fun question. Let's assume Brian Branch isn't there. And let's say Bijan B- Robinson slides all the way down to that spot, and he's your best-rated guy on the board. Do you even consider him, or are you passing because you have ETN? We're probably going to pass on him just because I do view our – secondary is a little bit of a liability um and even then if we wanted to you know tackle would be another great position to upgrade on um and and then there at 24 there should be a pretty decent you know value of edge rusher or at least defensive lineman right Uh, miles murphy potentially a nolan smith 
uh, Van Ness. So if we could if we get one of those guys, uh, I'm definitely doing that over a guy like Bajon. I love the pick for Branch at 24. I love his versatility. You mentioned doubling up on, on corner a little bit later in the draft. If we do you know, succeed and get Branch at 24, though, how specific of a player do we need when we double up at corner later in terms of, okay, if Branch is kind of a versatile chess piece, he's a nickel, he's sometimes a safety, how much are we looking for that true outside corner uh, playmaker on the ball? Like, are, how specific are we looking for that next corner that we're taking? Well, Simon, that, that's kind of the beauty of it because that's not necessarily what we're looking for. Um, now, obviously, if we could find that shutdown cornerback one, um, you know, great. That, that If Christian Gonzalez could somehow make it there, uh, that would be phenomenal. Or, or even like a Devon Weathers, Witherspoon, who might not necessarily be that shutdown type of corner. But um, for Brian Branch, I'd like to just play him all over the place, really. Um, his rookie season, maybe even his first two seasons. I'd like to just kind of sprinkle him all over the field, uh, kind of just mix up some looks, let him get comfortable, and uh, see where he flourishes, right? If he flourishes at that, you know, deep safety position, great. If he's better, you know, a little bit up more up front, you know, play in the nickel position, uh, that's great as well. Um, and then, you know, just the sole fact that, you might be able to put him at, at cornerback one or, or, you know, that boundary corner, you know, that, that just adds, you know, to his value really. So that the answer, answer to your question is I'd like to sprinkle him around, uh, see where he fits. And uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully at the very least we have a, a nickel corner for the, you know, next five years. All right. Well, Ronan is going to take off his uh, Jaguars GM uniform. We're going to put on his Colts GM uniform, and he'll be back in a few minutes. Next up, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, they they have an interesting dilemma here, and we'll we'll dive into it just a little bit here. But uh, they've got draft picks number 11, 41, 72. So those are all good. Those could be pretty impactful conceivably, especially those top two. And then they have three more with 147, 186, and 228. So six picks, not a lot, but it's enough. This is Six picks is enough to do some damage for the Titans, and certainly they're going to look at that. The 11th pick is the interesting one for me. I've narrowed it down to two players. And I, there's a lot of other people talking about a lot of different things, but for me it's two players. It's either Peter Skaronsky. I don't think he's going to be there at 11. I think he's going to be gone, in which case I'm going to move on to the wide receiver I like best, which is Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, that's just kind of how it falls for me. At 41, I'm going to go offensive line. There are several, and I've talked about this on previous podcasts, there's a number of interior offensive linemen I like right there at 41. I'm going to pick one up. And then with those 72, 147, 186, 228 picks, those last four, um, our defense is in really good shape, in case anybody hasn't noticed. Um We'll draft somewhere on defense. We are not going to allow a whole year to go by without drafting defense, setting up pipelines for cheaper labor in, in future years. So we're going to look at best player available on defense for, for those last four picks. Um, we're not above drafting another wide receiver. If we're sitting there at 72 and nobody else we like, we'll go wide receiver in a heartbeat. Um, we're satisfied with tight end for this year. But if a tight end drops that we like, I know you guys like tight ends that drop better than I do. I'll take one at 72 if they drop. I don't think they're going to be there. I think they're going to be gone. 
um, based on people's needs and what you guys have talked about. But I'll drop the tight end right there at 72 in a heartbeat if it's if that's what's sitting there. So anyway, those, that's what we're looking at. Um, I'll, I'll stop it off there. Simon, you're really the Titans expert. Lay on us. Well, Ben, you know what I'm going to ask you. Um, we have uh, Andre Dillard, Nicholas Petit-Frere, and Jamarco Jones on the depth chart at tackle right now. And not only did you not talk about that with the 11th pick, which is that that popular selection that that you mentioned, and you did mention um, Skaronsky, of course, but you didn't mention it really anywhere else. Are we comfortable uh, going into the season with Dillard, Petit, Frere, and Jones as our tackles for the season? No, but I'm also not comfortable with the tackles in this draft, to be quite honest. Hey, there's a, I'll put it this way. There's a lot of traditional Titans-type tackles in this draft. And by that, I mean they're big and they anchor pretty well, but they're not particularly great in pass blocking. And they're going to struggle against those smaller, lighter edges that the NFL is featuring these days. And so that bothers me a lot. I'm trying to get away from that just a little bit. Now, listen, if I'm sitting there at 72 or if I'm sitting there at uh, whatever the next pick was, I don't remember, and there's a decent tackle there, I'm going to jump on them in a heartbeat. I think they can come in right away and compete because you mentioned it. It's not a great tackle group, okay? But I would like to at least have, have Dillard get a try. He was buried behind a pretty good offensive line there in Philadelphia. So I, I'm not going to say that he just can't play. Those are placeholder tackles for a season. There's no question about it. So I I don't think we're going to light it up there, light it up this year anyway with Tennessee. We're very very competitive on defense. We're going to have a decent offense. So um, I listen. I'm not convinced that they're not going to move on from uh, uh, Tannehill next year. I think they're kind of setting up for that. To be honest, I would be. I would have already maybe done it this year. They didn't. So I'm thinking next year. But that, that's kind of where I'm I'm looking at. Ben, you record or you just. Uh, referenced how we have a competitive defense, but is there, you know, an area that we do think we can address in the draft and potentially bring a starter in? I mean, yeah, listen, <laughs> with that 11th pick, I could probably bring in a guy to compete as a starter. Um, there's going to be a number of guys sitting there at 11, but I'm, I'm not interested in doing that since we have so many offensive needs. Um, yeah, at number 11, sure, I can bring in several guys who can compete at the starting position, both at starting at cornerback, really. Um, I, I got guys who I can bring in immediately and maybe compete for a starting spot. Um, but I, I, I don't I don't really want to go in that direction. It's, it's offense for us. Okay. Uh, Ron Summers has switched out of his Jaguars uniform straight into his Colts uniform. Take it away. Yeah, so as soon as I put my, uh, my Colts hat on, I went ahead and picked up the phone. I, I called Baltimore to see what what it would take to get Lamar Jackson, right? So that's step one. Now, if that doesn't go through, and I don't think it will, um, we need to get a quarterback there at four. That's where I'm – I hope if – as long as C.J. Stroud doesn't go one, I guess, because apparently this might not be able to happen. But I'd like to go Anthony Richardson. Now, you know, if in this scenario – if it goes C.J. Stroud one, Richardson two, thanks to Simon and the Texans, and then you know Will Anderson three, I'm more than happy taking Bryce Young one. Uh, so you know, take that as you will. We're, we're taking quarterback here at four. Uh, at 35, 
I'd like to improve our interior offensive line. Um, we do. We, I would like to send uh, Ryman as our starting left tackle going into this year. Uh, we drafted him last year for a reason. We've got to at least see what we've got uh, there at left tackle. So I, I'd like to look interior there. And they're at 35. Obviously, Osiris Torrance, who's a pretty premier guard prospect uh, in this class. If he's there at 35, that's my selection. Uh, but if he's not there, I'd like to still go interior offensive line. Uh, if we can trade down, if we're comfortable doing so, if there's a couple guys on the board that we like, um, then, you know, let's go ahead and do that, take our guy and move on with it. Uh, you know, like a Joe Titman, a Steve Avila, a Cody Mock, uh, any of those guys would be great additions to uh, the offensive line room. And uh, they might not necessarily have to start right away, right? That That's not what we're you know, bringing in the, bring them in to do. Uh, this is more of a long-term, right? We just got our starting quarterback. We need to build the offensive line around him. Uh, so they're at 79. That's where I'd like to address wide receiver. I feel like every for every team I've done throughout this series, it's like wide receiver somewhere between 60 and 80. Uh, but there's just so many different guys that can you know, make an impact, hopefully make an impact right away. Um, so there at 79 is where I'd like to go wide receiver. Uh, if we do end up trading down uh, from 35, I'd like to get – a pick somewhere in between 80 and 100 as compensation. Uh, and that's where I would like to add a cornerback to the room. If we don't do it there, I'd like to do it at some point throughout the draft. Uh, and then to round it off, I'd also like to add potentially an edge rusher, another cornerback, and a middle linebacker. A cornerback is going to be an area of concern, right? We just shipped off Stephon Gilmore. Um, you know, we don't necessarily have that CB1 set in stone, so... Uh, you know, we've got uh, I, he, Kenny Moore, the slot corner, but, you know, that's not something you can really put all your eggs in one basket for. So that's the Colts' uh, approach to this draft. Simon, I'll go ahead and kick it to you. Yeah, so I'll go all the way up to – all the way back to that fourth overall pick. If Stroud, Young, and Richardson go one, two, three, if a team jumps us, are we taking Levis at four, or are we doing whatever we can to get that third pick and, and take Richardson or Young or Stroud there? Do do we like uh, Levis enough to take at four? We are not letting a team jump us for a quarterback. Um, I, I guess that, that should have been the second step. Uh, try and trade up with Arizona. Just jump up to three. Go ahead and just get it out of the way so nobody else tries to screw you over. Um, as long as the quarterback that's left is someone that we like, right? If we aren't in love with Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, which I am, but you know, if Jim Irsay, which wouldn't shock me at all, because anything that Jim Irsay does wouldn't shock me, which either way. Um, but yeah, I don't, that's just my thoughts on it. I can, you, you need one there. of those three, you're not taking Levis at four. No, no, I. I'm not high on Levis uh, personally. I I don't think taking him as a top five pick is necessarily the move. If you're a team like Detroit or even Seattle, I understand it. Uh, whenever you do have a quarterback there and you don't have to throw him out on the field and kind of see what he's got for a year or two, uh, sure. But no, not, not if you're Indianapolis. I, I really would rather not send Gardner Minshew out there. Um you know, a good backup quarterback, but I, I don't know if I want him to be my day one starter. 
Uh, and I don't know if I want a rookie quarterback, you know, learning under him, right? Ben? Ronan, I, I, first of all, I love your idea of Lamar Jackson going after him. Um, quarterback's been a sore spot for the Colts now for a few years. If that falls through, let's let's quit assuming your general manager, it's Chris Ballard again. If they go Anthony Richardson, how comfortable are they in a stacked AFC when it looks like Richardson's probably going to take a year, if not two years, to to be ready? Um, how's the job security level there? I guess. Well, it, it's not. Uh... It's not going to be any worse than it was at, at the end of this year, right? I mean, we went into this season with very high expectations. Matt Ryan, who Jim Ursay was quoted saying, I believe he was an astronaut, um, just an astronaut level of like person. I don't even know what the you know, context was, but he that that was the comparison. Mm. Matt Ryan is an astronaut, and yeah, I, I, I'm I don't know, man. All right, I, I think that's know. enough about the Colts. We're only going to disintegrate from here. Ronan has channeled Jim Irsay too much during this exercise <laughs> over the last couple of weeks preparing, and it's it's fried his brain a little bit there. Yeah, at the end. yeah it, it really has. It really has. <laughs> All right, uh, the AFC East now, our last division for the evening, uh, the Buffalo Bills. Simon. Yeah, so the Bills, you know, we've talked about these teams in the AFC, where they're at, how they're doing. The Bills need to make something happen this year. This defense is aging. This is really our last chance to try and win a Super Bowl with this defense the way it is. So I'm looking to be aggressive in this draft. Um, so that means uh, I'm, I'm going big in two areas. And in this first round, I'm looking for a pass catcher. Uh, I'm willing to trade up. We're currently sitting all the way down at 27. I will move up as far as I need to to get one of these couple of guys. So I'm willing to go up into the top 15 for Jackson Smith and Jigba. If that costs me, you know, a, a second round, the second round pick this year, if that costs me a future draft pick, a high one, one or two, I'm okay with that. If I can't do that to get Jackson Smith and Jigba to work the slot while Diggs works the outside, then I'm looking to get more into the 20 range uh, to get Dalton Kincaid, uh, who I essentially just view as a big slot. So that has no factor on Don Dalton Knox or Dawson Knox. Um, I'm going to have all of those guys playing. We're going to be big. We're going to be physical. Kincaid is a great route runner, um, not explosive or anything, but has run after catchability. But I'm going to be aggressive here in this first round to get a pass catcher that I like. Uh, in Buffalo, we're willing to be aggressive. We made the two trade-ups to get Josh Allen. We made the draft day trade to get Stephon Diggs. This would not be weird for us at all. We know this is our window, so we need to be aggressive. Um, so again, willing to trade 59 to go up for Smith and Jigba. Willing to trade the third-round pick if we need to go get Kincaid to move up, you know, seven, eight spots, whatever it is. In round two, if we have that pick still at 59, if we didn't need to trade it, um, we're looking to replace Tremaine Edmonds. We're going at linebacker here. We're looking for Jack Campbell. We're looking for Drew Sanders. Again, if we need to trade up to make this trade happen or make this pick happen, we'll do it. We're identifying these first two picks as really our real picks of the draft. Everything else is trade fodder. Um, so if we have to trade a future pick for to go up from 27, great. If we have to trade 91 to go up from 59, great. We'll do that. Um, 
whatever it is, we're getting one of those two linebackers to replace Tremaine Edmonds. After that, uh, you know, at 91, if we still have it, we'll look for an offensive lineman. Uh, could be a tackle, could be an interior guy, but it's going to be a depth person. It's going to be a person for the future. Again, that's if we have it. Day three, I mentioned the age of this defense. We're looking to just add youth to that to all of those rooms. We have picks 130, 137, 205. Um, that could be DB. That could be linebacker. That could be defensive line. We've brought in a few guys, uh, you know, especially in the DB room. Taylor Rapp we signed as a backup safety. He's so young. He's a guy that Rowan's shaking his head at me. Um, but we have Matt Milano, uh, aging linebacker. Von Miller, Daquan Jones on the defensive line. Travis White, aging corner. Poyer, Micah Hyde. We have seven defensive starters, I think that is, that are at least going to be 29 years old by the time the year ends. So day three, we're looking to add youth and depth to the defense. We have our third round pick, pick over pick 91 overall. We're going offensive line. But that first round has to be a pass catcher, one of the two we like. That second round has to be a linebacker, one of those two we like. Um, Ronan, other than the Taylor Rapp take, what do you think about this plan for the Bills? You know, hey, shout out to Taylor Rapp. It's, it's no hate. It's just he's really, really okay in the box and nowhere else. Uh, at least that was how it was for the Rams. But, you know, hey. Might, might serve a role for the Bills. Um, my question to you, um, what would the perfect the perfect pick in the first round be? It, it, and you can, you know, go by you know, the trade or, you know, whatever our pick is uh, there at the end of the first. Ideally, we're trading a future, let's say we trade 27. Let's say we trade our second round pick next year. And then maybe like a, a fourth round next year, something like that, just a little extra something to go up into the teens to get Jackson Smith and Jigba. That's our number one plan that we would that we are going with. Ben, what do you got? So my question is one that I asked for another team, maybe the Chargers. I can't remember, but I mean, two or three years now, we're knocking on the door. Uh, all of last year, we thought we were the team, and we didn't get it done. So. What's keeping us from getting over the hump? And is it something we can fix through the draft or is it something else? We've asked Josh Allen to be Superman for the last two, three years, like you said. We brought in Stephon Diggs, and that was clearly a huge jolt when we did it. It, it took us from good promising to, you know, one of the elites of the elite. But we need more offensive options beyond that. Um we thought Gabe Dave, we thought Gabriel Davis was going to be a, a legitimate number two receiver. That didn't happen last year. We thought uh, James Cook was going to help this running game out, this running back room out to, to make some plays after we tried that with Zach Moss the year before. Neither of those have worked out. Um, we need a legitimate high-end number two offensive weapon for Josh Allen so he doesn't feel like he has to be that by running the ball or making some heroic throw to a receiver that – you know, may or may not have retired three weeks prior, i.e. Cole Beasley. Uh, so we feel if we do that, we go get uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba or Dalton Kincaid. That's going to lock a lot for our offense, which is just going to help everybody out. Fair enough. That's the Buffalo Bills. We're going to move across the state a little bit to the New York Jets, my team. Uh, we're going to assume for these purposes that they've made the Aaron Rodgers trade and that they've at least lost one of those second-round picks, maybe two of them. I, I don't know. But we'll, we'll kind of leave the picks thing in limbo there. We've got Aaron, Aaron Rodgers on board. Let's assume that's happened. 
So I'm going to assume that they keep the 13th pick overall. I'll leave one of those two second-round picks in play. And then they have three more picks after that. So 112, 143, 207. Here's the generic spots I'm looking at just to try to make this team better and give us a chance to try to do some special things while we've got the Aaron Rodgers two-year window he claims he's going to be there for, okay? Tight end, uh, we're not bad at tight end, but if we can pick up pick one up that'll help Aaron Rodgers out, we'll do it. Offensive line is really an obvious one. Um, we would love to upgrade the offensive line, not just for Aaron Rodgers, but for years to come. So we would like to do that. Um, oddly enough, as good as this defense is, <laughs> it was outstanding last year. There are room. There is room to improve from a talent standpoint, and it's very obvious. Um, safety is one of those spots. We're not awful at safety, but we could use a talent upgrade. So for sure, we'll be open to that. Linebacker, you know, we've got the eternal C.J. Mosley sitting there. After that, there's a pretty stout drop-off. We've had some good linebackers over the past few years kind of come through, but we didn't, we didn't keep them. So uh, we're looking to upgrade linebacker as well. We can't do all of that, but it puts us in a pretty good position here to where we think we've got options. So that brings us over here back to the 13th pick overall. Um, again, we're open to a lot of different things. Offensive line, for sure, we're going to look at right there at number 13. Um, it's a little bit early to be picking some of those guys. So if we can trade back, we will. This is a spot we think teams might be interested. This isn't like 7, 8, 9. I don't know that a lot of teams are going to be looking to trade up. 13, I think some teams are going to be starting to look to trade up, maybe for the first pick at wide receiver or maybe for somebody else that has dropped a little bit. So we're looking to trade back off of that. Um, very good chance we go with an offensive line here. Um, we would really like to trade back deeper into the, into the first round because there's safeties back there. There's linebackers back there in the in the second round. Um, we would love to trade back, just to be honest about it, because it's not like we need top-end talent. We've got that. We've got Quinn and Williams sitting there at defensive tackle. We've got Brees Hall at running back. We've got Garrett Wilson at wide receiver. We've got Rodgers at quarterback. We've got uh, uh, Sauce Gardner at CB. We've got the top-end talent. We would like to spread it around a little bit. So I'd love to trade back out of that 13th pick. And maybe even if we still got the second round pick, maybe even draft back, uh, trade back a little bit off of that. So that's that's a super generic game plan, but it's kind of the way we feel about this roster is we've got several holes we'd love to kind of patch. And we like the draft and say the top 100, top 120 that we can do that in. So I think there's going to be some takers here for the Jets to do exactly that. That's not very specific, but that is the way I feel about this Jets draft. Uh, rolling you first. So, Ben, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers has had a very public uh, dispute with the Packers organization over not really getting, you know, his say. Right? How much of an influence? Right? We we've sat there and trying to persuade him. You know, hey, don't retire, don't retire. Come over here. Come on, it'll be fun. You'll be in New York, big old market. You can have your ego being stroked. It'll be great. How much of an influence uh, <laughs> on this draft will Aaron Rodgers have? Maybe not at 13. We probably won't, you know, take wide receiver. But once we start getting – and we don't have a ton of picks. But but let's say he starts – hey, I'm I'm really liking the, this X receiver. Um, is this – is that a route that we're going to go? Or are we like, hey, Aaron, you know, we're happy to have you, but we signed Lazard. And we're good. You're good. No, you, you've hit a really great question there. I'll, I'll try to be very 
quick as I answer it. Normally, I wouldn't trade for Aaron Rodgers. I just don't need all this. I, I think I'm getting too too little for too much. I it's I, I'm not interested. You know, if Patrick Mahomes comes to me and says, I like this receiver in the first round or the second round, done, okay? I don't really care about his opinion about outside linebackers or defensive backs, but if he sees a wide receiver he wants, it's not going to cost me a lot of money, done. End of story. But, you know, for Aaron Rodgers, once you've opened the door, I mean, the cow's out. I mean, they're, they're not in the pasture anymore. The cows are out roaming the hills now. So once you've opened this door to Aaron Rodgers, I don't know where you stop. I mean, the owner's involved in this. And I'm curious. I'm not inside the room. I don't know how much the general manager was wanting to do, to do this versus the owner said, hey, this is where we're going. So once there, once you once you open this door, I don't know where you stop. I really don't. It's a hard, hard place to stop. Simon? All right. So you mentioned offensive line. You mentioned you could do that at 13, but the potential to trade back is there. Who do you like at tackle in this draft in the first round? How far back are you willing to go and think you can still get a tackle you like there in the first round? Yeah, that's a great question. So, uh, brought no no new names here. Okay, Broderick Jones and Darnell Wright look like they could slide right in. Now, I hate to give up on Makai Button because I like him, but it hasn't panned out. And maybe it's just an injury and consistency thing. Maybe it's not his fault, but it's – I hate to give up on that. So I would really prefer to keep drafting back, trading back, and maybe just upgrade the interior offensive line and give Beckton another chance. But if I'm not doing that, it's Broderick Jones. I think he'd fit in fine. And then it's uh, it's Darnell Wright, uh, who, who I also love as well. So is there, is there a line of how far back you'd be willing to go? No, there's really not. So that's the thing okay. because, yeah, because I like our high-end talent and I think there's still five or six holes that I'd love to fix this year. There's really not. I'd, I'd go all the way back to the end of the first round. And then if I still got a second round pick, I'd go all the way back to like number 60 because I think, I think I can get enough there to kind of help me out this year since I have the top-end talent. I don't need guys to play a 1,000 snaps. I'm looking for guys to come in and play good rotational slots that they fit into okay uh give me a second pick up the next team here it is the patriots Ronan. yes sir and it was difficult channeling my inner bill belichick um because that cole strange pick threw everybody for a loop last year uh it threw everybody for a loop but at the same time it didn't whatsoever because the patriots were on the clock in the first round uh, so anything's on the table is what I'm trying to say. Now, if I am the Patriots, and I am, um, I'm looking to go wide receiver here at 14. There's a name that uh, we've actually talked about a little bit today, but he, he's been surrounding the Patriots a lot, and it seems like the Patriots are in love with him, and that's Zay Flowers. Uh, he's a speedster. He seems to be just about everything you want. Uh, in terms of a deep threat receiver, uh, that's who I'm going with there as long as he's on the board. And even that 14 seems a little bit rich for him uh, because 14 is kind of where we've been talking about, you know, JSN going. And you know, we haven't even talked about guys like Quentin Johnston. Uh, I, I'm still going flowers there, man. 
we have we, we already have those big receivers. We've got Juju, we've got Devontae Parker, we've got Kendrick Bourne. We need some speed out there. We need a guy who can break away and uh, take the top off the defense. Let Mac Jones air it out a little bit, maybe. Uh, so that's what I'm doing there at 14. Uh, at 46, I'd like to go cornerback. Uh, we just kind of have a revolving door of cornerbacks, and I, I'd like to add another person into that room. Um, at 76, I'd like to take an offensive tackle. Uh, there are a couple of guys who should be there in that area between Freeland, Duncan, and Steen. Uh, I'd be comfortable taking any of those three guys there, I think. Uh, and then just to round it out, I'd like to take another flyer on a wide receiver just because we could use it. Uh, we have Thornton, who had flashes last year. He's fast, um, but just didn't really have a whole lot of substance there. Um, and then I'd like to take an edge rusher. I put in notes uh, with a high res score. Um, basically, I just want a dude with traits who's you know a little bit on the greener side, uh, doesn't doesn't have to come in right away and you know, be a premier edge rusher. But if I can bring a guy in who has all the physical traits that I'm looking for and just might not be technically sound, and have him learn under Matthew Judon, give me that. Um, and, and then I'd also like to take a linebacker in the later rounds as well. Uh, but that is my Billy B draft approach. Simon. I feel like a broken record, but uh, currently Riley Reef is our projected starting right tackle. Um, Isaiah Wynn was uh, let, let go. He, he's not coming back to the team. Um, this offense had a lot of issues last year, and it did start with the shuffling around of this offensive line multiple times, not only from game to game, but within games themselves. Um, well, adding to the receiver room and then bringing in Bill O'Brien be enough to really fix this offense without really doing anything to the offensive line other than adding a, a potential tackle of the future in the third round. I, I don't necessarily know if it'll fix everything, um, but I, I think just – Matt Patricia not calling the plays is a good start heading into this year, right? Um, sure, Riley Reef isn't the ideal tackle <laughs> to head into the season with, but if my, you know, I guess conclusion was Patriots love Zay Flowers. So that's kind of who I'm rolling with. Tackle is definitely not off the table there, though. Uh, there are, de there's going to be guys there at, uh, what, 13, 14, 14. Uh, that can slide in, be a day one starter there at right tackle. And that's not a bad route to go at all. But we do not have that that premier take the top off the defense wide receiver. And I, I think Zay Flowers might end up being one of the best receivers from this class. And, uh, yeah, I, I think pair him up with Mac Jones. I think they can make a little bit of magic happen. Obviously – you know, if you're going to get a guy like Zay Flowers, you'd love to pair him up with a Josh Allen or a Patrick Mahomes uh, or a Herbert, just someone who can, you know, really air it out. But this is uh, a type of receiver that the Patriots need and uh, seems to be right up their alley. Ben? I want to stay with the offensive line. You mentioned last year Cole Strange, uh, Chattanooga first round pick you know this year there's a guy named McClendon Curtis who's an interior offensive lineman from Chattanooga he looks like a fourth or fifth round draft pick are are you comfortable taking him in the first or second round this year 
Well, then we were actually going to call Arizona to see if three was available. Um, so we could potentially look into it, but they weren't interested in moving down, you know, so we're going to go ahead, you know, take it on the shins and hopefully go, you know, take a starting right tackle or, uh, or another starting right tackle or Zay Flowers. They're okay. The 14. All right. All right, I mean, if that's the plan, that's the plan. Okay, so. Part of me thought you made that name up. No, I found him, Curtis McClendon. There he is. <laughs> Actually, he's listed as McClendon Curtis in some places and Curtis McClendon in some others. So that's how far down this guy is. That's An that ambidextrous name is pretty cool. <laughs> it can play on the right or the left side. <laughs> Just depends on which name you want to put first. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. All right, well, I mean, if that's all you feel about it. Okay. Last team of the night. I think this is our last war room team, period. Correct? We're, we're done everybody else. The Dolphins. Simon. The Miami Dolphins. Um, this team has very little draft capital left after trading for guys like Tyreek Hill, Bradley Chubb, and Jalen Ramsey over the last, let's just say, calendar year. With that said, it should mean that there aren't too many holes to fill. In that case, there is decent depth in a lot of areas, as well as good starters, uh, especially on the defensive end. So we'll be focusing on the offense with our four picks in this draft. Yes, I said four. That's picks 51, 84, 197, and 238. So we don't have a pick until, you know, the end-ish part of the second round, end-ish part of the third round, and then a, a late sixth and a late seventh round pick. So uh, for the second year in a row, too. So we'll see what we can do with that. With just four picks... Uh, the team ignored the offensive line last year. We're not going to make that mistake again this year. Um, while we're tempted by and interested in the tight ends that could be at 51 um, or even at 84, we'd rather address the offensive line and take flyers on tight end on day three. So we need to replace Austin Jackson first at right tackle, and it's probably time to end the Liam Eichenberg experiment, even though he is admittedly a guy I am pretty high on, but with all the jumbled around, the lack of just true athleticism, length, and just really high-end talent that Eichenberg has. He hasn't been set up too well. We'll keep him as a depth guy, see if he can turn into something later on. But um, we need to at least have some competition for Eichenberg that comes out of that third round. So that said, we're going to go with a tackle in round two, whoever we can get, and an interior offensive lineman in round three, whoever we can get. Connor Williams could play guard if we do settle on a center at some point. Um, that was what he did in Dallas, even though he was fine for us at center. Um, some guys were kind of looking at if we were to go round two tackle. Um, Matthew Bergeron would be one name we're targeting because of his flexibility, his versatility as well. We think he can kick inside. Um, interior guys that we're looking at, if we, again, had to wait all the way until round three. Um, guys like Joe Tipman, Luke Weipler, Chandler Zavala even um, might be a bit of a reach on Zavala, but still limited draft picks. We we have to make something happen. If a mock or a, a Villa fell for some reason, um, those would be great, but I don't think that's going to be the case. So we're just looking for somebody to add to these rooms on days two and or on day two. And then we are going to look at tight end with one of those last picks. See if we can take a flyer on somebody. Um, but man, that is it. Four picks, it's rough. But again, Miami, you know, we've got we've got a lot of other things going. So really just looking at the offensive line here. Ronan, what do you got? Yeah, I, I can't dispute any of your selections because you you do have four picks, right? And uh four picks. Yeah, 
obviously you could improve in different areas or at least at the very least at depth. Uh, but with four picks, it's kind of hard to do. So I just kind of want to propose you know, this. Could you imagine somehow the Dolphins getting Darnell Washington? Could you just imagine the monstrosity that that offense would be? And look, it's not outside the realm of possibility with this team. You know, they could look at what they got in George Kittle, who is widely believed to be a blocking first tight end when they drafted him and they saw what happened. You know, this is, I say they, obviously, I mean the coaching staff um, and, and what that did for San Francisco. They have those Niners running backs. They've modeled a lot of what they do after that offense there, really just kind of souped up to that. Um, it would not surprise me. And I, like I said, I'd be really tempted by it for sure. Ben, what are your thoughts? When I look at the Dolphins, and I would have thought this even before the Ramsey move, they remind me a little bit of of the Rams in that they have given up draft picks, and they they haven't been terribly great at drafting, to be honest. Uh, they've got some high-end players. It's not a really young team. Do they need to take another big step here in this draft and maybe trade away one of next year's picks to get an impact player in here right away? What's the plan here? Are they good enough to actually compete for a Super Bowl right now? Or is this a, is this a 10 or 11 win team and that's good enough and we move on? Based on everything that happened last year before and independent of Tua's injuries, this was one of the best teams in the NFL. We were right up there offensively with the Chiefs and the Bills and the Eagles and, and everybody. We were in all of those games and all of those conversations. The thing that's a little bit different in our situation, we think, versus the Rams is our quarterback. We have a 25-year-old quarterback. The Rams have a 35-year-old quarterback. So we feel that we can extend this window out a little bit longer than what the Rams have done. We've we've sacrificed a lot of, of current and future capital. Um, but with that said, we are not looking to trade a pick next year. We have this window right now with, with you know guys like Chubb and Ramsey and, and Tyreek Hill, guys who are a little bit older, still have a nice little probably two, three-year window for each of them to be high level. Um, but we feel that we have our first and second round picks next year for the first time in a few years. We feel we can extend our window by keeping those picks. We have already given up our third and fourth round picks for next year's draft, uh, the third round pick in the uh, tampering case, um, and the fourth round pick was in the Bradley Chubb trade. So we're already working at a deficit with, with five picks for next year. Um, with nothing in the middle there, third or fourth round. So we're keeping those first two picks. We feel we can compete now, and those picks next year will help us compete for the next three, four, five years down the road. All right, good enough. Anybody else with anything else on the draft before we shut it down? All right, Woo! Simon, close us up. Ten days. Ten days, man. We are so close, everybody. All right, everybody, thank you for listening to the Fan Football Podcast. We really hope everybody has enjoyed this draft worm series. We've had a ton of fun doing it. Make sure you are back next week with us on Tuesday morning. We will have our final draft preview episode. Not quite sure what we're going to do yet, but definitely be back um, with us here to partake in all the fun as we get down into the last bit of draft content. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Phantom Football. You can follow or email the show at phantomfootballpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any draft or team thoughts that any of you listeners might have. Um, make sure you subscribe to the pod uh, on Apple and Spotify. Make sure you rate, review, all that good stuff. We really appreciate it. Thank you all so much for listening. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.